Welcome to the Walder Sportscast with your host, Chris Walder. Welcome everyone to episode 35, the Christian Wood, shout out CW, of the Walder Sportscast. I'm your host, Chris Walder, and you can check me out on both Twitter and Instagram, at Walder Sports. And if you want to support the podcast, once you're done here, leave a rating and review so even more people can find the show. Now, this is a first for my podcast and probably a first for any other podcast that this guest has been on because I'm heading into today's interview without knowing their first or last name. Because on today's show, I'll be joined by the mystery man behind the Aaron Baines fan club Twitter account that Toronto Raptors Twitter has become all too familiar with. Sometimes fans can get a little cranky with the account because Baines has struggled this year with Toronto, but for the most part, it's good, lighthearted fun with a lot of amazing memes and jokes. And today, perhaps I can shed more of a light on who is sending out the tweets and learn more about the man himself. But before I get underway here, I encourage you to check out my last show with Sports Illustrated's Aaron Rose. There was definitely a lot of talk about the Raptors struggling, and so many names previously on the hot seat for potential trades like Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell. I mean, obviously the deadline has come and gone, and we now know where those aforementioned names ended up. But nonetheless, it was fun talking to Aaron and picking his brain not only about the team, but COVID-19 as well, since he also works as a transcriber for government pressers concerning the virus. So go give that podcast a listen when you can. With all of that being said, though, the man behind the infamous Aaron Baines fan club Twitter account will be joining me after this quick break. So keep it locked. Joining me now is the mystery man behind the Aaron Baines fan club account, which is on both Twitter and Instagram at Baines fan club and actually has more Twitter followers today than Baines himself, who has 71.9 thousand followers to the club's 73.9 mystery man. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm doing great, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on. You obviously don't do a, a lot of podcasts. Is that on purpose, or are you used to being behind the mic? I've done two in the past, and it's not really on purpose. If if people ask me, I generally do. Just um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you reached out a couple a couple days ago, and why not, right? Well, should I call you Baines during today's interview? Maybe some other alias which you prefer, because you haven't disclosed your name in the past. Uh, you. Can call me bfc if you'd like why bfc, BFC. Oh, oh for yeah for bands fan club account wow that went right over my head <laughs> good start to the interview but is it like are you doing like a batman thing like are, you can't reveal your secret identity for effect i i think it's just better if no one really knows who the person is who's just clipping bane screens and posting it to twitter <laughs> well are you at all surprised to have a larger social media following than bane's himself like was that ever a goal or is it just a a feather in your hat at this point that was not a goal at all i really just started this account to uh entertain myself 
and yeah here we are. Well, I, I have listened to the other podcasts that you have done and read some of the interviews. I know you did a couple for The Athletic as well. For those who are unaware, what's kind of the short crib notes version of the genesis behind the Baines fan club and, and how it came to be? Like, why Aaron Baines of all players? So I, it's been out there. So I am, I do live um, outside of Boston and I think it was the 2018-2019 season where that was the Kyrie's um, second year on the team and kind of just they had their championship aspirations they the Celtics that year just kind of weren't weren't living up to expectations and I'd come home from work be disappointed by just the results of every game and kind of just I took note of how whatever was going on in the media, how Baines himself would be either on the bench, like going, uh, like rooting on after every made shot, or just kind of like working hard on the court. And I just, for my own entertainment, kind of just started clipping Aaron Baines highlights and posting them to Twitter. And it caught on and it kind of kept growing from there. And now here we are, I guess. The, that wasn't really cliff notes. It was a little long-winded, but that's how we got here. Well, well, being a Bostonian and a Celtics fan, of course, what lingers with you most from that 2018-19 season? Because expectations were certainly high. I think a lot of people were of the mindset that Kyrie Irving was going to be a Celtic for a very long time. I mean, he even said he was intending on that in, in front of a, a large number of fans. Does his departure and how that whole saga unfolded still resonate with some fans to this day? So I'll say this. And this isn't even going to answer your question, but I, I think there's kind of a misconception that I am a Celtics fan. Oh, okay. And I was a Celtics fan, and I've been on Twitter tweeting Aaron Baines highlights now for the past two years that I immediately became a Suns fan. Oh, okay. And, and at this point, I mean, I don't have time to watch the Celtics. I really just watch the Raptors. So uh, believe it or not, I am a Raptors fan at this point in time. And, and I've been, and I've, and I've honestly, I've been a diehard Raptors fan since I think November 22nd of 2020. There you go. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. it's hard. Like it's rare to find a true Toronto Raptors fan living in Boston. Like, I don't know if you're aware, but there's quite the rivalry between the two fan bases. No, I know. Yeah, I don't know any other Raptors fans out here. So <laughs> I feel like I'm really on an island. Well, I, I read as well that you even debated starting a Marcus Smart fan club account instead of Aaron Baines. Do you ever envision how that would have played out? Like, do you think the content would have been similar to what we're seeing right now? I didn't really debate it. It was just kind of more of the style of play where it was just a guy who was going like full tilt. It felt like they were kind of uh, ignoring the noise. But to Baines played less minutes in Boston, so mm -hmm. it was easier to if I would DVR the game to just clip his highlights than Marcus Smart. So that's kind of how I fell into that. Is there anybody else that you may have considered as well? I know Aaron Baines, like, it's been your bread and butter for this long, but if you had to pick another player, maybe out of the blue, who doesn't get the limelight that he may deserve, do you think someone else could have fit this mold? Grant Williams on the Celtics, he <laughs> randomly followed me mid-season last year. Okay. Um, so I am a big Grant Williams fan as well on the Celtics. Would the content have been similar? I mean, Grant Williams, I don't know if he has the, the personality or the, the charisma that Aaron Baines may have. 
Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish I wish I had a better answer for you. I again, I'm I'm so kind of locked in on the band centric material that um, unfortunately I haven't really been able to lock in on Grant Williams. Well, kind of speaking of fandom and, and particularly Raptors fans, suffice it to say the overall perception of Aaron Baines's play has been that he's been a liability out there on the court this season and I pulled this stat out recently on Twitter uh, courtesy of Daniel Hackett at dhackett1565 on Twitter the Raptors are a minus 188 in 766 Aaron Baines minutes this season and a plus 109 in 1346 minutes when he sits now for whatever reason a lot of the vitriol is kind of being directed at you like what are some of the things that you've been seeing in your notifications as of late from raptors twitter in particular wait but can, can we reset wait people are blaming bane's fan club for the failures of this raptors season are you unaware of this yeah. fact <laughs> no no, no. Oh, no I, I, haven't, I haven't noticed um so i'm gonna take exception to that specific plus minus and so bane i think bane's has missed three games and mm -hmm. he was obviously playing when what three of the five starters and half the coaching staff was out with covid and they lost nine straight right so just based on that i mean you're gonna expect his um the plus minus to kind of be skewed there and it felt like after the slow start for the kind of the entire team after their two and eight start he settled into a bench a pretty solid bench roll. I think they went 14 and seven after that. And then it was really COVID that killed the, all the momentum that they had. But no, I, I, uh, I, I do, I do get the notifications. I, I get the, uh, I get all of it. I have nothing. I mean, we're, we're still kind of in a pandemic. I've been working from home since last March. So I have nothing else to do other than read the notifications. So <laughs> I see it. No, I, 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 I see the the tweets of uh, encouragement. I see the tweets of hate, and uh, I just use it to to fuel me. Really? Are you have you ever used the mute button, the block button? I know some big accounts out there may be trigger happy, but with you, do you just kind of let it fly at that point? I try not to use the block button. Um, I do use the mute button because I just like the idea of being so far in someone's head that they feel like they have to tweet <laughs> at me that they don't like a particular player on the team that they've never met and they're going to take their wrath out on the guy who just literally tweets out uh highlights of aaron baines summoning bees from the bench to thwart a, a free throw attempt so I, I like the idea that i i can i can tweet that someone will tweet out whatever they want and then i'll just hit the mute button and they can interact as they please and i really just don't see it have you ever been confused for the actual Aaron Baines at any point? I'd have to think that there's someone on Twitter who probably thinks that you're representing Baines on social media. I'm sure there are. I hope that the fact that I'm tweeting mid-game that they would um, they would know that I'm not <laughs> actually the player on the court and I'm just a guy who tweets. But you never know. You never know out there. You never know how the trolls are anyway, yeah. but you yeah. know, it, it could ultimately just be dirt off your shoulder at this point, And you've kind of alluded to that, but with your account, always trying to put a positive spin on Baines and being as lighthearted as it is, does it ever become difficult seeing fans come at you so hard when you've all you've really done wrong in their mind is endorse a player that they don't necessarily care for. So there was this stretch when 
I think they played the Celtics and the Suns back to back, and that was that was way early in the season. I don't remember their exact record at the time. Yeah, but there were two particularly. I mean, I try to take positive spins on it. They weren't the best Aaron Baines performances that I've ever seen, and it was really after that where the it seemed like the general tide, at least on Twitter, shifted. So. To me, I, I don't want to have my account be a vehicle for, like you said, the trolls to just be able to reply and say, like, oh, like, Aaron Bain sucks. So yeah. I let them try to do their own echo chamber. Um, and then if the Raptors are playing well or if Baines himself is playing well, then I'll try to be more active on that. But, um, yeah, I, I think that the Suns, maybe he came in just with lower expectations. Um, right. He wasn't pegged in to be the starter. Then Aiton, um, he was out for 25 games, and then Baines played the best basketball of his career. Um, so I don't. It, I guess it kind of gave the account. That, that's basically what made the account. I mean, if he didn't, it, it ultimately comes down to him performing. But uh, but no, it, it's again. I, I don't want the the account itself isn't meant to be a vehicle to like trash a certain player. So if he's not having the best game i might not i might tweet less um but if the raptors are playing well and he is playing in and he's playing well then yeah then that's when the uh i've been more active i think is the the past uh at least couple weeks has it ever gotten bad like was it ever this bad when baines was in boston or phoenix like were there ever stretches where you were like screw this um no and i'm not even really like screw this at this point and i I think to be fair, uh, in Boston, so he was starting next to Horford on a team that went to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started the account the next year. So, I mean, the fans were in the, the stadium. He kind of made himself there. In Phoenix, it was the same thing where he stepped in when Aiton was out and kind of played like the best basketball of his career. So I think here just replacing two core players of a championship team and not matching the team success that they had. I think it's probably easy for a fan to just pin the blame on the new guy who's not even playing in the stadium in the city that for the team that they support. Uh, But no, I mean, for me, it's all, I mean, it's just, I forget which, I think it might've been LeBron who said at the end of the day, it's just Twitter. Um, Just trying to have, yeah, just trying to have some fun out here, post some fun content, but yeah, people, people either like it or not. Well, I was going to say too, and you kind of touched on it briefly. Do you think Aaron Baines is kind of just a victim of circumstance at this point? Like you said, he's coming in, he's trying to replace a front court that was depleted in free agency. You lose Serge Ibaka, you lose Marcus Gasol, two key components of that title roster. And now you have Baines coming in and then previously Alex Len, two guys who you wouldn't necessarily put in the same limelight as an Ibaka or Gasol, but the expectations were still there because a lot of people thought the Raptors were still going to be an upper echelon team in the Eastern Conference and Bain's transition into the starting lineup was going to be seamless, but that has been anything but the case. To be honest, uh, yeah. I, if you look at his career stats, I mean, he, he's been a solid role player pretty much everywhere he's been. He won a, he won a championship in San Antonio. Um, I think the Detroit teams, they might have been like around 500-ish. I think they made the playoffs one of the years. And then um, in Boston, obviously, they at least made the playoffs. Phoenix, he played above his head, but I 
you look at his, it, 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 or he played the best basketball of his career, but if you look at his stats, I mean, he, he's a career, like, 6.5 rebound player in about probably 15, 16 minutes, and I think that's exactly what he's giving you in Toronto. Um, so expect expecting him to replace like two players who've had multiple all defensive team nominations and like they've made multiple all defensive teams. Um, I think Gasol might have been defensive player of the year maybe ten years ago, but but uh, that you can still add that to the resume. Yeah, I, I mean I think the expectation that one player would replace that production on a championship team is probably a bit of a victim of circumstances especially when the other player that they signed just for whatever reason didn't pan out um so yeah no i i would kind of buy into that were you at all surprised to see bane still with the raptors past thursday's trade deadline no i mean obviously no no insight there i thought and again just as talking from a guy who tweets i would and why i've i think i've watched every raptors game at this point Right. Uh, maybe they would have wanted to bolster the front court. It seemed like they had a lot going on with um, with other areas of the roster, though. So maybe I mean, that wasn't necessarily the focus. But yeah, yeah, uh, wouldn't necessarily be surprised at that. I really enjoyed seeing that meme that you posted, the Wolf of Wall Street. You know, I'm not leaving. And then yeah. you put the clip in there with with both Baines and Lowry, kind of up for interpretation at that point. But it's it's safe to say that was more so for Baines, right? Or were you just combining the two into one super meme? Uh, that was a combination of one super meme. So, <laughs> and again, in Phoenix, so Phoenix, when I was running the account when he was uh, playing for the Suns, I think think a part of, so everyone like the Suns had kind of not uh they had they obviously haven't had that much success for maybe the past decade yeah so I, I think the fact that there was a relatively big account within and not to toot my own horns but th- there was a count that was kind of like showing their highlights and pushing their players whether it be like Mikhail Bridges or Devin Booker, I, I I think that added to the engagement that mm-hmm. I got at least within that fandom. So had if for whatever it had the the comments maybe a, in the past couple like three four weeks had been like slightly less toxic sure. than I then um like OG Ananobi is a perfect example of a guy who should be getting like the Bleacher Report, ESPN, um, <laughs> like the rub of being like one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah. But it just like doesn't really fit the account right now to just like post random players where if the guy like I, the, the Bane centric account that it is every time I post something, people tell me to like F off. Yeah, that that's unfortunate. I, I mean, I was looking through my Twitter timeline today, and there was a lot of of hate towards Baines. I saw some extremes as far as maybe Aaron Baines should retire at the end of the season. And and I ask you, you know, do you think Baines still has a lot left in the tank? Because from what we've seen from the Raptors, if you were to go off of that alone, then sure, maybe he should be out of the league. But if he were perhaps in a different situation or perhaps a fresh start with the Raptors next season, do you think Baines can offer a, a lot to a winning situation again that's like from a guy who tweets i just the just the guy who tweets the highlights i 
I have no idea. In turn, in terms of if I'm looking at the bo- his box score, he's a career six point four point six uh, rebounds a game player, and this year he's averaging six points and five point three rebounds. Right. So based on that, sure. Yeah, and again, this year it could just be a fit. I think that there has been a lot of dysfunction. Not not really necessarily dysfunction is not really the the right word, but again, just as a from a far from a, a viewer of the games i mean they they had the covid break they had to move to tampa it, it just felt like a, a weird year all around kind of for everybody do you think the raptors have kind of got the short end of the stick this season like you said playing in tampa dealing with all of these covid cases a lot of players a lot of coaches missing extended time do you think this season was more or less doomed from the start um obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but yeah i mean of course they are the only team that had to move like literally move um now other teams are kind of filtering fans into the stadiums and i mean they, they can bring fans into tampa but they're not necessarily going to be raptors fans so yeah i mean I, I, without a doubt if the season were to end today and baines's last appearance for the raptors was was yesterday against the phoenix suns i mean you've seen a lot of these moments you've memed a ton of them what, what do you think would be aaron baines's most memorable moment or stretch or play as a toronto raptor so if he were if his last game was to be yesterday it was yesterday right against the suns yes. he scored six points and had four rebounds and that would have been an homage to himself <laughs> number 46 against his former team and i think that would have that would have been a poetic ending and his career rebounds would have ended at 4.6 does your is your mind constantly flooded with just aaron constantly i remember constantly 40 46 whenever i see 46 i'm connected to baines I remember uh, in an interview as well, you said that sometimes you'll go for a walk or a run listening to music and your thought will go towards, how can I use this song in an Aaron Baines meme? Yeah, if yeah, if I'm like, partic- yeah, if I am on a run and I have a song that's like particularly jacking me up, then yeah, the next uh, Baines charge hype video or yeah, dunk hype video that, that can get on there. just want to pick your brain on a few NBA moves as well because we're just days removed from the trade deadline but today being March 27th we just got the alert not too long ago that the Brooklyn Nets made a pretty sizable move acquiring LaMarcus Aldridge in the buyout market now just from your basketball perspective your fandom do you think it's kind of championship or bust this year for Brooklyn like are they now the odds on favorites coming out of the east do you think no I don't. I think that as a diehard Raptors fan, as of November of twenty, <laughs> uh, November of twenty twenty, they have the championship DNA. They have Pascal Siakam. They have Fred VanVleet. They have Kyle Lowry. And they have Boucher, who won championships, I think, with the Warriors as well. Um, Baines obviously is a champion in San Antonio. No, I, I, I think that. And didn't the Raptors sweep Brooklyn? Last year in the playoffs? Absolutely. Um, So, I mean, talk about having to reload after kind of getting wiped wiped away by Toronto. (laughs) Um, 
they again they were they were fourteen and seven before COVID hit. If they can write the ship, I Toronto's still my pick over Phoenix. See, how could Raptors Twitter listen to this interview and have any disdain towards you and your account? You've clearly embraced the Raptors and Raptors Twitter as your own. You'll have to you know what, you'll have to ask them. <laughs> um, some some people I mean, you some people want to fade for Cade. I've I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, but no, me, I'm all about this twenty twenty one championship. And um, I still believe. Do you remember anything from from the 2019 NBA championship run? I'm obviously, you know, I don't know how much of it you caught or how deep into the Raptors you were at that point. But do you have any fond memories of that championship run? So I did look back and I was very pro Raptors during that run. Okay. Um, I tracked Kyle Lowry. um, I think it was his third field goal was mm-hmm. the one where he passed Baines in the uh, career finals field goals list. Kawhi Leonard, his uh, iconic shot against um, the 76ers, he, that was the same spot on the floor where Aaron Baines hit a buzzer shot in the first round, game seven, first quarter against the Bucks. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> they were obviously teammates in San Antonio, so who taught who, I don't know. Um, but no, I, I was all in on that Raptors squad. And like I said, since this past November, it's really, they've been my team, and they will be from now until Baines hope, hopefully gets his number retired in the Raptors, or I don't know, I guess we'll have to see. But I guess that's a simple way of saying as long as he's a Raptor, the, the yeah. Toronto Raptors oh, will be one yeah. of your favorite teams. Yeah, one of? No. It'll be, yeah, your they, ultimate they, team. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I asked you earlier about Aaron Baines, you know, uh, you being potentially surprised that he's still a Raptor. Are you at all surprised that Kyle Lowry is still on the roster? Because after the Brooklyn Nets acquired LaMarcus Aldridge today, you have to think that there's probably a couple of teams out there kicking themselves that they didn't make more of an effort to acquire him. So what I'll say is this, and I, I, I was getting a kick out of basically all of Raptors Twitter being very insulted that other teams didn't value <laughs> Kyle Lowry as they did. Yeah. Whereas I am taking on an entire fan base who I just don't feel values Aaron Baines the way I do. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt a little irony there. Um, in, t- in terms of whether or not Lowry, if I was surprised he was going to stay, based on that last game, yes. Because it did feel like it was uh, kind of a... Uh, goodbye um maybe it was more of a narrative driven goodbye based on again like the social media aspect of it but yeah i I mean it's it seemed kind of like all signs pointed to him getting traded to a contender but yeah again just a guy who tweets uh bane screen so what do i know and being out in boston as well what's kind of the reaction been to some of the moves that the celtics made at the trade deadline because they lost daniel tice jeff teague javante green and a couple of second round picks i believe and you know incoming evan fournier who was asking celtics twitter to to google search fournier which is a bad idea no matter what and (laughs) moritz wagner and luke Cornett. how is boston sports media handling these roster changes what i'll say is that danny ainge has been in on every single player who has ever played basketball and he almost (laughs) never pulls the trigger on any of them and bane's fan club tweeting with standing or not that is one of the most frustrating things as of it just gets to the point where it's like just make a move and i don't even care what it is just like stop saying you're in on someone and don't do anything so the fact that they did make a move, great, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really understand how they got Fournier for just two second round picks. It seemed like that was kind of a low asking price for it. But yeah, I, it, again, I, the Celtics are kind of, their record doesn't really indicate it, but they, they feel like they're kind of in the same boat as the Raptors just in terms of expectations coming to the season versus where they are in the standings. So yeah, I guess we'll have to see how, how Fournier kind of plays out with, uh, with their team. Well, unfortunately, we are drawing to a close here, which is a damn shame because I love where this interview is going, my friend. But before we go, I do have some fun rapid fire questions to send you on your way if you're game. Um, sure. So some of my recent guests, like Noor Zainab and Matt Bonner, former NBA player Matt Bonner, have surprised me by revealing their past loves for professional wrestling. Now with you, unless it's a coincidence or not, it's safe to guess that you know your fair share of wrestling because you used the Chris Jericho countdown for Baines' free agency. I've seen you use memes recently featuring Edge and Sting and Macho Man Randy Savage. So. How deep does your infatuation with wrestling go, or is it just solid content for the memes? Uh, big fan. All oh, right. Fan. Inf- in- yeah. Who are some of your favorite wrestlers? Are you still watching to this day, or was it just something you did, you know, back in the day when it was at its heyday, like the Attitude Era? No, I, I follow it now. The uh, I'm a big Chris Jericho guy. I think he's one of the best ever, uh, and the fact that he's still going, um, considering he's what like 30 years now in it. Um, yeah, I, I probably, I'd probably go Chris Jericho as my my top guy. Do you have a favorite Chris Jericho match or moment that sticks out? Um, the list of a thousand one holds. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Are you catching his stuff in AEW right now, or was it mostly WWE? I am, and I, I think MJF is at, is also a genius. Um, yes. So I, I, he's probably actually my top current guy but yeah so i I have been watching aew oh god i'm gonna have to have you back on now to talk professional wrestling with me um i want to go deeper what do you think of the uh not to hijack it but the the exploding uh barbed wire death match i thought i thought the ending played out very well in terms of eddie kingston coming down to the ring and laying his life on the line theoretically (laughs) for for john moxley unfortunately when the fireworks started shooting off in the corners and it just came (laughs) off as like a big poof like a big you know just a, a complete joke. I was very disappointed because up until that point, I thought the match was fantastic and the pay-per-view was one of the best the company had ever done. Yeah. Did you laugh out loud? I, I don't think I laughed out loud. It was more or less because I, I almost have it akin to when Kawhi Leonard hit that game winner in game seven. I didn't make any reaction. I didn't yeah. si- I didn't sit out of my chair. I just looked at the screen with my jaw hitting the floor and that was pretty much exactly what happened when that explosion went off. I thought it, everything was so great and it just hurt me because I'm an AEW guy, and for the show to go off the air like that, I was like, damn, man, this is going to go down as one of the biggest blunders in the history of this industry, almost like the Shockmaster in WCW. They, they recovered well, but it, it, when I I definitely laughed out loud, and I, I still laugh thinking about it because it was hilarious. Well, all you can do, it's self-deprecating <laughs> yeah. humor at this point. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. Moxley even afterwards to the live crowd was like, Kenny Omega can't make an explosion worth a shit. And I was yeah. like, that just put that on dynamite and that will redeem this entire angle. Yeah, no, I totally agree. 
<laughs> so this is a recurring question here on the Walder Sportscast. I'm curious with free time more bountiful over the last year or so because of the pandemic, what shows you found yourself binge watching or what the last great program you've caught on the regular is? I don't I haven't left my house basically in like a year and that's a, every day is the exact same and that's like a great question that I don't have an answer to. Nothing at all. So you you don't watch any like streaming shows? You're not big on Netflix or Disney Plus? No, so I was watching The Office and they, they took the Office, the office off of uh, Netflix. Um, I, like I, I basically just, I'm like a rerun guy of The Office, Always Sunny. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, I, like Dave, what was the show? Dave on FX Plus. Okay. That was a good one. But I like all those shows, they were like those half hour shows that I watched in like three days and then I was like waiting for the next thing. Awful, awful answer. No. And then also, yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I'm also like making Bane's highlights like up at uh, three in the morning. Yeah, that takes up most of your time. I can totally cut you some slack on that answer. I might be one of the only people in the world who has never seen a single episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Is that a problem? I should, am I behind the times now? Uh, yeah. Uh, What are you doing after this? (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to be editing this podcast, my okay, friend. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I ask you, should Anthony Edwards' legendary poster dunk on Yuta Watanabe have counted because you posted a screenshot of Edwards possibly stepping out of bounds prior to going baseline? That's a fantastic question, and I don't think it should have counted. It obviously should have. I mean, he was out of bounds, but I don't think that my account would have been able to recover from that. If, if, because, because Baines was right there. He was. And, um, the John Morant dunk from last year, I, the, the Suns fans, like, I, I think he, Baines was playing well enough where, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a good offense, good defense, sometimes the, I mean, he, what are you going to do? You contest a dunk sometimes, like, you dunk it. Yeah. But this one would have been bad. And <laughs> I, I, to this day, I thank Yuta for, um, for bravely contesting that dunk. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, who won the game? Aaron Baines dodging bullets like Neo out there. That could have been a death knell for your account, but I'm glad it didn't come to that. Yeah, no, that that would have been been a tough one. But uh, no, the dunk shouldn't have counted. The Raptors won. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like good two points but i mean scoreboard right it's something i did a lot in the past during halftime of raptors games and you've certainly interacted with your fair share of accounts on your own end so give me one or two other twitter handles out there that more people need to be checking out i i'm not gonna rapid fire um (laughs) it's all good yeah um there are some good raptors there, there, are, there are lots of great Raptors accounts that I do try to interact with. Um, I, I do try to keep a wrestling turn. I, I try to keep kayfabe, as they say. Right. Um, but the if you follow my account, the ones that I do interact with are the ones that I would uh, would vouch for. Any come to mind uh, off the top? Or there's a cup. There's like an entire sector. I, I don't know their handles off the top of my head, but. There's like an entire sectors of Raptors Twitter that happens to be very nice. Oh, well, we got to endorse those guys because they're a, a rare commodity these days when it comes to interacting with you. So there is Kate B. Doll. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you're good. I, Blake Murphy is great. Yes. Um, He's a wrestling fan, too. Yeah. And I, I did, uh, I, I spoke to him before the season started. Unfortunately, some of my predictions in that article didn't quite come to fruition, but. We won't hold it against um, you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, who could have seen COVID kind of striking out 
Uh, exactly. Like, this might be the worst rapid fire ever. Hey, you know what? I, yeah. I call it a rapid fire segment. Yeah. It never goes fast. I should just rename the whole thing. It's my fault, not yours. Wait, there, there's one that I really like too that's very positive. Uh, Julie J's. Oh, yeah. She's a big fan of everybody. Big supporter. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kyle Lowry's mom is great. Oh, Marie Holloway. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Would love to have her um, on the podcast. Obviously, at Aaron Baines. Well, he doesn't really yeah. tweet all that much. Yeah, he doesn't. You you cover that plenty yeah. on your own. <laughs> yeah. It was on March 6, 2020, when Baines, as a member of the Phoenix Suns, put up a career-high 37 points against the Portland Trailblazers. And it's a night that you often make reference to in your tweet. So what do you remember most from that performance, if anything, at this point? That was one of the greatest performances in the history of basketball. Yes. Um, no one in NBA history has ever scored 37 points, grabbed 16 rebounds, blocked two shots, and made nine threes um, ever. <laughs> um, James Harden came close. He, ha he has the 37, 16, and 9 covered, but he doesn't have two blocks to his name. So I remember just finally, like, the, the one of... I just remember witnessing one of the greatest performances of all time. Is that enough to get him into the Hall of Fame, just that game alone? If I had a vote, yes. Um, I, he, he did... <laughs> I unfortunately I don't I, I don't think I mean he does have a championship to his name he does have that like uh, historic just unbelievable performance um, he might need to get his individual stats up there a little bit just because that's what I know voters look at um, I, I don't know what Ben Wallace his like career is he a Hall of Famer Ben Wallace uh, he might. If he's not already, then he will be one day. You have to think. Yeah, he's a career 5.7 points per game, and Baines is 6. Well, I mean, if you had a vote, he'd probably have his own wing in the Hall of Fame. Oh, check this out. Ben Wallace is 46 years old. I'll be damned. God, yeah. we're getting old, man. All of these guys we grew up watching, and they're getting yeah, into their late that. 40s, yeah. early 50s. It's too much. Yeah. The pandemic yeah. alone is enough. We don't need to be reminded about our age. But uh, another thing that you make reference to quite a bit on Twitter is having an intern, especially when a mistake is made or something along those lines. So what's the most egregious thing that your quote-unquote intern has ever published? We're basically like a, a one-strike policy. So if there's any type of typo... <laughs> Um, actually, after Lowry and Baines both didn't get traded, and I, the intern posted the wrong video, so I had to delete that. I, internally, we discussed we didn't fire anybody, but yeah, yeah, it, it's mostly just a, a typo thing that um, it's really we don't we have no time. I have no time for that. And lastly, if Aaron Baines were to ever approach you and ask you to delete your Twitter account, which I believe you said would be the only way you would ever take it down. What's the one tweet or one interaction that you would want your Twitter followers to most remember you for? Good question. Uh, let me think about that. Yeah, what's um, the one defining tweet of the Baines fan club? One that'll last forever. I think it would probably be the highlight of that 37-16-9-2 performance because um, I'd really just, I'd want that to live on the, uh, the internet forever. <laughs> Well, man, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to chat with me here on the Walder Sportscast. I didn't say your name. We're going to keep that a secret. That will be yours to tell one day. But you know what? Raptors Twitter, 
may have a love-hate relationship with your account, but I personally will always enjoy the memes and the positive spin you always try to have. But before we sign off, my friend, remind the listeners where they can find you on the web. Um, That would be at Bane's Fan Club on uh, Twitter.com. Yeah, hit that follow button, join the club, and uh, yeah, that, that's where you can get, get at me. I do also have an Instagram account, but it's really not that active because <laughs> I only have so much time. And well, the- I can't trust the I can't trust the interns to uh, to handle that. So, <laughs> again, man, thank you so much for doing this, and all the best with you and your Twitter account and your Instagram account as well. Uh, thank you, and yeah, uh, I look forward to uh, recapping the unprecedented and miracle 2020. It wouldn't even be a miracle at this point because uh, I kind of expect it, but that uh, that 2021 Raptors championship. And that was my interview with the Baines fan club. Go follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Baines Fan Club. You know, BFC, the abbreviation which I didn't catch until after the fact earlier in the interview. I mean, if anything, I hope this podcast sheds a better light on the account for Raptors fans. I completely understand that a large number of people are fed up with Baines's play, but that has nothing to do with the account itself. I think he's hilarious, both with his memes and during this interview, and I'm not going to say his actual name, that's his to divulge if he ever intends to do so, but for someone who doesn't do a great number of these things, I thought he did a bang-up job. This has been episode 35 of the Walder Sportscast. If you enjoyed the show, go leave a rating and review to help out the podcast, and find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Podbean, and pretty much any outlet you download podcasts at this point. Vince Carter, I know you're out there. You see the tweets, you see the outcry, you see the emails. Let's get you on the show, please. That's another one in the books. So as always, I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Walder Sportscast. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes and follow Chris on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports.